Hi, welcome to On Writing, your uh, weekly, but we're going back to bi-weekly, podcast on writing communities and the terrible advice they give. And we're doing this after the whole process of NaNoWriMo has been basically executed. There's still a week left for us at in like actual NaNoWriMo time, but uh, we're considering ourselves free from that uh, mystical prison. My oh, name is not, Sh- uh, huh? Are we not doing one more wrap-up episode? We could do one more wrap-up okay, episode. Okay, one more wrap-up episode. Uh, uh, will, uh, we're going to do it for the people, but today is to the people. To the people. <laughs> From the people, even. My name is Sean, <laughs> he, him. I am Chad, he, him. I'm MJ, she, her. Yep, and uh, what can we say except thank you? Because for a lot of these, we went to our community, uh, the Discord, which you should join if you're listening to this. And we ask people to send in the absolute most dog shit stuff they can find. And by God, they really did it. They pulled <laughs> it off, <laughs> these mad lads. Mm-hmm. It turns out people took a cursory glance and shit was so. It was so. <laughs> yep. But so much was deleted. I do have to say that the people contributed and like got on the discord and, and gave from the people for to the people. And then the shit got deleted by the Reddit mod. So we literally had to change a rule that said, okay, people don't just link include screenshots because (laughs) uh, in in our episode of from the people, I'm going to speak directly to the people Our writing. Your moderation staff is absolute dog shit. (laughs) Uh, Like they should be ashamed. Uh, you you need to you need to do one of those old draconian punishments where like we take you down to like the itchin itza and just load you up with weights and you have to walk up and down those stairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say that like the king and the land are one, and this this is a foul earth that needs to be sated with the blood of royalty, right? So like, yeah, the, <laughs> serve up the, the cakes, and whoever gets the the special piece gets to be king. Yay! <laughs> I didn't even realize just how violently aggressive they were about. Like, uh, if we see so much as a hint of your own writing in this post, you're going right to the boo-boo box, mister. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, somebody can't even say, hey, would this be an example of a misused adverb, for instance? Or, in this paragraph, are there too many adverbs? They're like, what part of writing involves your writing, motherfucker? Yeah, it has to be universally <laughs> applicable, which I'm like... Dog, you leave up an awful lot of threads about which apocalypses are overused for shit to be like universally yeah. applicable. Well, so. it's also weird because it creates this thing in my brain where I can't figure out for the fucking life of me who the target audience for this subreddit is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it becomes. I don't know. It's it becomes almost mystically questionable when you see other people mining for these things, and th- when you are exposed to the index of all the bad over the course of a few weeks, like it's transformative, right? Like, yeah, it, and the mysterious. soil itself. Yeah, the soil itself is mysterious because you throw out a bunch of sunflower seeds and nothing grows, and you throw out like a bunch of lily seeds and nothing grows, and then you throw out like. I don't know, a bunch of potato seeds and nothing grows. And you go, okay, whatever. I, it's unfertile soil. And then you come back and there's like one sunflower, one potato, and one lily that grew, as well <laughs> as like three weeds and a mandrake for some fucking reason. Yeah. And you're like, um, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to go to our first one, which uh, was submitted to us by God Ben Satan. Thank you, God Ben Satan. Uh, uploaded by... Oh, sorry. I'm going to say Donnie. Donnie. So I bleeped that out. Thanks. (laughs) I am new to writing. 
I am working on a memoir and it's been a very painful experience. Basically, all the successful writers I've been listening to say that writing is like falling into a black hole and that you just have to stick with it until you're out the other side. And only then can you enjoy the light. Okay, first off, we're mixing metaphors seriously, right? I was actually <laughs> very curious if like that's NASA standard operating procedure. They're like, they're like, okay, now if you ever approach a black hole, just ride that shit out. Just ride that shit out. <laughs> Disney's black hole is a documentary, motherfuckers, right? Like, <laughs> so it's like some poor astronauts like, doesn't it cause something called spaghettification? And it's like, try not to think too hard on that. Just aim towards the center. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what about Hawking radiation? That seems bad for our survival. No, it's fine. Just keep going. You'll get the, it, there's a white hole in the other end. We promise. It's a, <laughs> not a proven astrological phenomenon, but uh, <laughs> you'll get there eventually. It's also, a tesseract, really, behind yeah. it. <laughs> These writers are what? saying they've written daily for 10 or so years before becoming successful, or that for every 10 pages of writing, one might be good. So my key takeaway is that I have to feel pain and misery for a decade for 3,000 pages just to have a chance at success. Ouch, how do I maintain my sanity through all this? First off, at misattribution, right? Like, some writers suggest, while others... Say this thing, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> quote so, the motherfuckers you're quoting. Jesus Christ. Oh, that has been such a stickler for me lately. Is that that sticky rhetoric of like, well, it's been said or people <laughs> yeah. are saying. And I've gotten to this point where I just stare at them and go, by who? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you say <laughs> by me, I'm like down. OK, cool. But I could talk to you about it. Right. Yeah. I don't have to deal with this like uh uh, argument to authority, right? Like this is but, funny because there's actually like a, a, a composition or rhetoric book that circulates in like first year composition classes in academia called "I Say They Say" or something like that. And the, the <laughs> "they" is like usually supposed to be defined. It's like how to get in dialogue with uh, research or get in dialogue with people who have already written on the topic you're writing on to like get into a conversation about writing and writers. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, this is like there is you have to still in that like say who they is. There is not no cap. T-H-E-Y, like they, you know? Unless you're dealing with an actual, like, cabal, right? Like, <laughs> if you're writing a fictional piece about the skull and bones, and then you have to tell someone, they don't want me writing this, The, right? the, the Club like, okay, Dumas, cool. this is the Ninth right. Gate. <laughs> exactly, right? Like, <laughs> this, this is related, but it's not directly related to writing. Did you guys end up watching that video that I recommended about... Uh, Sideways explains why the music in Cats and why the music in Les Miserables is worse than you thought. I did. Uh, I don't know if MJ did. No, well, I was writing about Keats. I'm sorry. No, no this okay. was months ago. This oh, was, yeah, I was this... writing about some other author. <laughs> <laughs> Might have still been Keats. Who knows? Yeah. So the, this guy meanders along because somebody's asking, uh, what the hell is it about Cats? Why do people like it? I've watched it three times and I hate it every time. And I'm like, at this point, just stop fucking watching it, dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> But this dude is descending into the bowels of madness for like his own uh, to the people podcast about cats, I guess. Mm -hmm. But then somebody comes in and goes, let me tell you what the actual answer is. And it's the emotional manipulation you see in most Broadway, but especially Disney movies. There's what's called I am songs by the villain and I want songs by the protagonist. And then he goes on and on and on and on. And he goes, anyway, that's my conclusion about why cats are so successful. And it's like, motherfucker, don't be the dude from Goodwill Hunting that likes apples. Okay. <laughs> you just ripped off sideways entire thesis do you have any original thoughts of your own on this matter <laughs> and when that's pointed out he goes oh yeah i love that guy <laughs> Which, i will admit that's the most disarming response because mm -hmm. like it'd be one thing that's all like 
He's like, never seen it. We just came to the same conclusions, right? To just walk and be like, yeah, that dude rules. Never <laughs> seen that guy. Uh, and I, do you want to see some of my uh, Guinness records? I got them all piled up here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God damn no, it, I, Tommy. <laughs> he, he lurks behind the walls. Uh, we need to not tag him in this with the transcript, right? Because we know he Googles his name chronically. <laughs> oh, oh. I, no, we got to get him fundraising for this fucking podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look, we'll shell for the Intellivision. We'll do it, right? Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I won't update my LinkedIn, but I'll shell for the Intellivision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So going back to this question, why are you trying to write your memoir first? Don't write a memoir, please. Fucking God, we need yeah. fewer memoirs in the world. I don't know if we need fewer memoirs, but like, consider this, right? Like, let's assume this person is like a really famous person, right? Like, or that they were like uh, a member of like NASCAR pit crews and they've witnessed three famous crashes on crews that they were on, right? Like, someone who could put together that Holy there is a shit, story. The Anthony Burdwan of pit crews would kick ass. Yeah, like, see, <laughs> now that I've said that, you're like, oh, yeah, that would actually rule, right? Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think, you know, that there are stories out there that definitely need to be told about, like, unsung people that should we should hear about. Yeah. And I talked about this in the Discord. There's basically three models of dude for memoir, right? <laughs> There's the dude who's, like, not a writer, but they just kind of sit down and start writing their memoir, and it rules, right? Like, uh, and these are people who tend to be, like, fairly charismatic, fairly performative careers or have like organized themselves in such a way that their life has like natural chapters that they can describe and convey to you, right? So like Richard Feynman wrote like three memoirs, right? The best known of which is surely you're joking, Mr. Feynman. And all of them are like New York Times bestsellers, right? Despite the fact that he's a fucking physicist, right? And his most <laughs> famous note is like, uh, forensics for NASA in like the public trials over the Columbia disaster, right? <laughs> like, uh, absolute genius guy turns out to be a ridiculously good writer too, because the world is really unfair, right? Like he mm -hmm. literally pivots from working on the Manhattan Project to being just like the public face of science, not science communication, and then is also then the public face of like science communication in his waning years, right? If you're that guy. You're not asking this question. You're just doing it, right? Where you're like, yeah. oh, I've been working on a novel. And then you like give it to the person the next time yeah. you see them, right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That, the energy of, oh, I think I have it on me somewhere. Hang on. Let me be Yeah, right hang back. on. I got it right here. Uh, <laughs> and of course, then there's the second kind of guy, right? So who's I, like not – huh? One last anecdote. I'm just picturing somebody of his supreme confidence where they're like, what's with the star-shaped discoloration on a – on the front of the cover. Oh, that's the sticker for my future Hugo or Pulitzer. I'm not sure which one it's going to yeah. be. <laughs> and you're like, stop being such a fucking dick, Feynman. And then six months later, that sticker is filled by like Pulitzer Prize winning. You're like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Some people are just like that, right? Uh, the other example I gave it is like Mick Foley, wrestler, right? Because he's another dude who's just super charming, right? Had a bunch of concussions. Didn't stop him from writing extremely compellingly when you like release him right like uh took a lot of chair shots wrote a lot of words got a lot of paid for it right second category I, you wonder uh, if somebody like that wasn't a writer and then it was like those stories of people that get shot in the head and now can speak french and play the piano mm -hmm. right? just one one chair hit him in just the right spot that dislodged mick and shoved in faulkner 
Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Let's find then, that chair. Yeah. But then again, uh, he was also always considered like, Mick, you're too smart to be in this industry. Why the fuck are you doing this? <laughs> That's what everyone says about him is that he is too smart and too nice, right? Yeah, like, what, what, what happened in your life? That led you to think that you need to be hit with trash cans in the head for a living. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, great guy, great author. Second, third, uh, sorry, second category is if you're a little bit more disorganized, don't quite have the mastery of English and can't really get there, but you've, you're in kind of a natural storyteller. And so with like editing and proofing and going back and forth with an editor over time, you can organize the anecdotes you've delivered verbally and compose them into a whole bunch of scenarios and then connect the dots all together. Right? And I would like say he, like, as you wish by um, our good buddy, Wesley, like his book about the filming of princess bride was written in this fashion. He told somebody his stories about the filmings and they tried to like piece together, like it all happened and someone recorded it and like edited it. And it's really beautifully written, but you can tell it's his voice talking to someone. Yeah. But yeah. it was assembled. Right. Well, like, and that, that's really important for, I think the person that Sean is about to describe. Yeah. And uh, Steve-O, who, yeah. much like Nick Foley, got every concussion in the world. Right? Yeah, and then and then tried to freebase off of the concussion. Yes. <laughs> uh, and so there was a lot of drugs and a lot of pain in there, right? Like, and But it's also so important that he doesn't – so in a situation like that, it's really important that Steve-O tells the story to somebody that knows what Microsoft Word is <laughs> um, and not just hire a ghostwriter. Um, yes, because Steve-O has such a distinct voice, and I'm not just talking about his redundant set of vocal cords that want to kick in every time he talks. Yeah, uh, and his his book is good. Like I would recommend it. It's it's bizarre, but he really <laughs> does. Like he comes across so strongly in it. Now, there's a third category, right? And here's where I have to say I have read Trump's Art of the Deal. Oh, no. Donald Trump did not write that book. <laughs> and this is the third category of memoir where you're a kind of interesting person that people like want to know about for good reasons and bad. And you're like, guy, come here. I got <laughs> here's some notes. You can follow me around. <laughs> you well, can write a good book, right? Great book. Great book. Just tremendous. So I don't I don't actually know the actual state of the uh, conflict inside the British royal family because I checked my notebook of things I don't give a fuck about, and that's pretty high up there. But the media is going real hard right now at trying to to build up the rift between William and Harry because uh, basically every publisher has smelled that this is patered right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this, is, this is basically WWE for an entirely different audience. Yeah. And I have a lurching suspicion that they're not as at each other's throats as the publishers are making it out to be and all the news articles are making it out to be, especially mm-hmm. because like one of the things it says is Prince William shocked and appalled rift never bigger with Harry uh, as tell all memoir looms. And then I went, I'm curious if Prince Henry or Prince Harry, sorry, uh, there are. Don't worry. All, all priests, troublesome, meddlesome, and turbulent are and otherwise. Yeah. Ascension. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't think Prince Harry gives a fuck enough to write a memoir, but I think he really likes the money that comes with it. Mm-hmm. And I was curious, so I looked that up, and like, sure enough, it's just written by a dude who specializes in taking pictures 
of like really close up face shots of the person whose memoir he's writing and then <laughs> writing basically the same story from memoir to memoir. Like he, there's just factory pressed memoirs this guy pumps out. That rules. And also every um, U.S. presidential candidate releases a memoir the year before their campaign launches. Mm, uh, yeah. no, oh, they're all ghostwritten, like 100% ghostwritten. Yeah, I right? got some bad news for you if you think that Barack Obama sat down and found the sensitive part. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and when, uh, I, don't I am think... going to hinge my presidency and my future fortune on uh, me having never taken a creative writing course in my life. Uh, th- what was his first one? It's like something my father, mm. like dreams from my father or something. Yeah. I think he, I think that one was sort of fucking for sure ghostwritten. The more recent one that's come out recently, that one portrays him in like not a great light, but it, and it comes across as like really arrogant in a lot of ways that I don't think a ghost writer would have done, right? Like, so I think that he might have had more of a hand in that one. Man, I would love to actually, if anybody is listening to this, I would, and you're looking for like a memoir written, I specialize in adding the authentic, the authenticity touch by adding that thin layer of contempt you can't give yourself. <laughs> yeah like and, i will uh, i i call it the bukowski treatment you will <laughs> you will more closely resemble bukowski at his darkest days than you ever could have <laughs> achieved for yourself <laughs> god but they're always uh, pissing myself behind the post office yeah so so for these these three categories, the, like let's consider the guy's complaint in the terms of these three categories, right? And I've I've focused on dudes. I've focused on dudes who have had like complicated and often painful lives, right? Like that had a lot of shit happen to them in their lives, right? Uh, and none of them are really like that concerned with like writing as a general measure outside of their memoir. So they either discover the talent, have an editor who is a god, or pay someone who's already written like 30,000 pages to just kind of like pull the trigger on it. Sometimes that's Chad, right? <laughs> <laughs> so the answer, if you can't, if you feel yourself in too much pain to write, don't. Like, <laughs> great. Get yourself an editor or like get yourself a ghostwriter and pull the trigger on it, man. I, right? guess, like, I, I guess I have to continue to be the bad cop in this situation. Which is uh, also like, don't, I've never heard of you. Don't write the memoir. I don't care. Mm-hmm. There uh, is also no hook for the memoir, right? Like, yeah. there's no ex- explanation of why it's painful to him. And like, it sounds like he's revisiting events that were painful to him rather than events that were like societally painful, right? Like, yeah, We're going to come and, back to this like personal pain when we get to like the poetry section of this oh episode. Boy, will we? Will we? Well, oh, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I, Poetry is just an old Salic word for my pain when she rejected me. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, the other thing about this question is that this question's still up. Like, of all the fucking things that remain up, this one with no specific fucking answers to it that are like, yeah, get a ghostwriter, bye. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and also, like, oh, this has to be universally applicable. This can't be about your work. This is aggressively about somebody that nobody has heard of writing yeah. his own life's work. Like, what? Dealing with an incredibly specific kind of discomfort, right? Like, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah. So I think we've beaten that particular dead horse. Thanks, Donnie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chad, MJ, you got one of them? I, I want to hear MJ's 
poetic sadness. Okay, okay. So I, I did go look on Reddit and I found a thread that I actually agreed with, which was bashing on Rupi Kaur. And then they were bashing on Instagram poetry generally. And I'm like, okay, I'm agreeing with this too much. I need to go bash on Instagram poetry because I I love Instagram, like, but not for poetry. And this is what makes me so sad about it is that like, it could be such a wonderful vehicle. And there are some really good like poetry posters out there like Bianca Stone makes great poetry memes that I share on the Discord. They're hilarious. Um, and there are some really good writers sharing their work out there. But if you actually go to Instagram and look at like the top posts with the poetry hashtag, it's shit. It's all shit. All like the, the first six are terrible. I'll read you like three of the top six. One of them that is hashtag poetry on Instagram is I love seeing you happy. That's it. That's the poem. It's hashtag okay. poetry. Well, I don't. So, so like my <laughs> response poem is actually going to be very short in syllables. It's citation needed. <laughs> How did you get in here? <laughs> <laughs> and then some of them are with a butterfly picture, which is sad because I, I have a butterfly t- tattoo and I fucking love butterflies. And I do like a move called a butterfly when I dance. I'm going to this dance thing in a second. But it says underneath the butterfly, some people never change, and that's not your problem. Hashtag poetry. <laughs> like, okay, okay, okay. So I get that we have like these slogans and these, I don't know, live, laugh, love bullshit that we're putting up. And like we've decided that we're going to hashtag that poetry. And like this, this comes from Rupi. Like this is, this is Rupi drizzle. Like this is just not even like the hangings like that have come off of Rupi when she's like gone out of the room or whatever. Um, but I, I, I wanted to say that I love sharing dance on Instagram to go back to like the butterfly dance thing. It's a wonderful way to connect with dancers from around the world. You can see things that you may not see in other occasions. You can see how to get into transitions, moves, etc. It's a wonderful way to share. I love visual artists on Instagram. I love seeing people who draw and paint. But like poetry doesn't work on Instagram. The hashtag is broken. You can read poetry. Like you can make reels of poetry. I think that would work. I also feel so bad for MJ because she's sitting here talking about uh, the butterfly move that she does while dancing. But I have a butterfly move when I dance, and that's when a frog gets in my shirt. And, <laughs> like, it's down, like, in the lower section of my abdomen, and I got to try to get it out without grabbing it. <laughs> I believe it's hop three times, flap four times, shake a little. This is a Murakami erotica story you're telling, Chad, with the frog. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my God. But no, I, Another I really... guy who has written a memoir after writing fucking like 20 best-selling books right <laughs> I, i'd read that memoir i haven't read that memoir yet but i probably will at some point in time because i like murakami and I'll, I'll read more you know what i think the actual answer to solve like all of our crises here is write a poetic memoir about the experiences you're claiming to have had in fucking fargo <laughs> right, you you've checked off everything. The Cohen brothers have already said that that is a land of fiction that is true. You know, no holds mm-hmm. are barred there. No editor has a say. No newsreel has rights to claim facts or fiction there. So, have your poetic adventures of finding money there. And when people are like, well, that was just Fargo season one, be like, fuck you. That was a lie. That was fake. Mine is real. Mm-hmm. well and to go back to the emotional thing one of the other top posts of hashtag poetry on instagram says if you can't write 
cry. Tears are words that wanted to be born on paper. That fucking sucks so bad. Oh god, like, I didn't, like and I would like to go back to this like I the things I do share on social media are mostly things that I don't want to submit to literary journals because they're about friends of mine that have died. And I'm sharing them with the communities of people that knew these people while they were alive and that's who I want. That's who I want to see these poems. That's who it's going to matter the most to whether or not they're like good literary like acceptable. I don't give a fuck what an editor thinks about this poem. I care to share it with like my friends on social media that are also more the loss of the same person and they're going to connect with what I'm saying. And this is the function of the social function of poetry is that you go to somebody's funeral, you read a fucking poem and everybody cries and we're talking about like a way to relate to them like after their death and to commemorate their life and blah, 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 blah. I'm getting emotional. <laughs> like to, to pull back a little bit, like this isn't the what I share in like literary journals and what I like to read the most. There are some really other beautiful like odes and whatnot that are wonderful and are been anthologized and assigned and read frequently. Um, but it's not about the crying part of it. I'm not writing like, I'm so sad that Carrie died or I'm so sad that my dad died or whatever. I'm writing about things that I remember about them that are very, very specific that people will connect with if you knew them or things that I'm feeling that are very specific in a moment of a texture of a place and like them being in a different place or something like that. It's Fuck, about- Blade Runner gets it more specifically, right? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like there is a way to funnel emotion into art, but you have to care far more about the art than you do about the emotion if you want to transfigure it and transform it into something beautiful that can be shared with a community or something that can be published with a much larger community and readership. Well, I'm also going to call them out on their shit and be like, you're not actually attempting to to put your feelings out there in a way that is a unique perspective. It's a lens that other people can look through and enjoy what these fucking people are doing is they just want to be seen crying. Mm -hmm. right? They, it's like the... The Venn diagram between them and a North Korean mourning at Kim Jong-il's funeral is a flat fucking circle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, and, and, and again, like I, 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 I'm mourning this and sad about this because Instagram has done such wonderful things for dancers. I think the reels function has actually been really great. Unfortunately, it's not been super great for visual artists I hear and I love them too. And I try to keep up with their content, even if it's not being as shown as reels are, but dancers being able to like share shit across the world is incredible. And I hate that poetry is it's like the poets I follow on Instagram are like the people I personally know that like I went to school with or that I had as a student or I tutored or they tutored me or like they're individuals that I've met like in real life and stuff where it's really hard for me to say go on a discord group of writers try to follow somebody's Instagram and it's fucking terrible and I'm like what are you doing why are you doing this why are we not like using Instagram in a like good way for this one we can use it for a good way for all this other kind of art how much time do you think is spent on average on these poems that you're encountering Oh, God, no. Well, I mean, I think they might spend more time like finding the art that they like put in their background to like get the I said earlier on the TikTok episode, it was like the purple lightning. But these are like there's a drop <laughs> of water, like clearly, you know, like uh, shutter shutterstock, you know, like free clip art online. Like they spent more time searching for their clip art than they did writing their poems. And uh, for perpetuity purposes, our quill is not clip art. I got that. I drew that myself by Sean hand. drew it. it. Yeah. I, yeah, and uh, Random House is still going to hit you with a DMCA. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I recently 
took a foray into poetry specifically for my work, The Most Noble Animal. And I spent like three hours beating the shit out of my keyboard to make it conform to a poetic standard because the the style of poem that I was using had to be distinctly Irish. Mm-hmm. And so I picked an actual Irish poetic form. A and ballad are, form, right? Uh, it, it, it's called some atrocity of vowels, as those people are wont to do. <laughs> uh, like... Ow Fiang or something like that, which is like one consonant away from saying let's blow up Westminster, but I think that is forty two percent of their language anyway. Mm-hmm. Um but it's all like okay, it has to be uh quatrains, however many quatrains you want, seven syllables each, first stanza has to rhyme with the third stanza, second stanza has to rhyme with the fourth stanza. And whatever the conclusion is has to rhyme, no matter what quatrain it is. The last stanza, the last quatrain has to rhyme or connect with the first stanza. And I'm like sitting there. I'm like the dad that is really certain that this is going to make it in the U-Haul if I hit it a few more times with a baseball bat. (laughs) I love this. And I love this process. Like, I love the process of trying to do poetic forms. It's so, so rewarding. Right. And then I look over this person. It's all like. When my dog didn't come, I was sad. And it's like, motherfucker, do you have any idea how much effort I just put into saying that this dude went to a rock? It was hard. (laughs) And and even like even doing that work will make your free verse better. And like, I think I've said this before at some point in time, I wrote so many sonnets because I was learning how to write all the different forms of sonnets, like every sonnet form you can think of and some you've never heard of before I have written in with their rhyme schemes and everything that I will write a 14 line poem unless I intentionally set forth to not write a 14 line poem these days. Like I have to like know it. Oh, I'm I, looking at Irish poetic forms now, obviously. And is it like an I Freischle? Uh, or E Freischle? Ch- Chad sent it to me and I was like, I don't know anything about Irish poetry except for Yeats yeah. because I suck. Uh, <laughs> a fr- you know what? Yes. I, yes. It's the yeah. same one. Uh, yeah. No, this is actually really interesting. You came across a really w- interesting one because it has this this quality. This final syllable of the entire poem is the same as the beginning of it. Right. And that means it's an internal sonnet crown. Right. Like it is uh, reflexive in that way. Yeah. And my whole thought was, wow, wouldn't it really shock people if, if they found out that this character, Henry, was so good, he'd conquer one of these. And then like I'm sitting there as the bowl is like kicking me off going, turns out I'm not good enough to do one <laughs> like of these. Right? But, uh, <laughs> your final product was pretty good, at least the part that you excerpted into the text. Yeah, right? like, I cheated so fucking hard. I made a good starting quatrain and then I went. And then in the pros, I went, and the rest was really good, too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I fucking love that. And this is so great. And yet this is reminding me of Possession, one of my favorite books, except she went all out and wrote like long epic fairy poems and that shit. Fucking a whole Robert Browning like poem. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so good. Yeah. But I I love that, like integrating poetry into especially memoir is one of my favorite things. Like Audre Lorde puts poems in her memoir and it's so fucking good. That's like my favorite memoir. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's uh, – I want to loop back around to something, and it relates to what you said about how long it took you to do this, that you were beating it into submission. Yeah. I, I believe you You were beating it into submission because we got some updates in real time. Like, <laughs> this is the fucking hardest thing anyone has ever done, right? <laughs> like, uh, but when I think about how long people say they're writing poetry, especially poems like these Instagram poems, I'm reminded of like Forbes profiles of CEOs. 
Mm. All of whom say they get up at like 4.30 and then do like two hours of cardio and then an hour of meditation and then like 17 hours of work, Mm -hmm. right? And it's like, dog, you physically don't, right? (laughs) You do not actually do that. And so it's like, yes, while you were scrolling like Reddit or Twitter or whatever, that was working. And when you were like sitting, looking at emails, like in your spam folder, that was also working. Right. So I, I feel- I'm fucking dying. Cause you're like describing this dude who gets up and he's like, I do an hour of cardio and then I meditate and then I run for six miles. Meanwhile, the CEO looks like fucking Barry Corbin at the end of fucking no country for old men. Exactly. <laughs> like, no, you do not do like an hour of yoga and an hour of cardio every day. I don't know how else to say it. Right. Like- <laughs> well, and, and I, and I admit too, like I, I have, tried i have like a not finished poem from like a couple i don't know i think it was earlier this year i started it maybe last year that like it's a it's an old chinese form of like soul calling there's a a, soul summoning yeah soul summoning soul summoning and it's it's really long and i don't write long poems i'm not like i don't generally write poems that are longer than one page like that's now that we're talking about chinese poems you're not even a poet right because there's only (laughs) ever been one uh but no but like i i had to say like that that in that exercise i discovered like this is really hard and i don't know if i'm ever going to finish it and i do want to like come back and work on it again but like the it's a really fucking hard form and when you're used to like sonnet writing like it's really hard to switch to like another one but i think it's such a good exercise and so good for your writing to try to do these different forms yeah so even try, if you fail <laughs> if, if practice point try and write uh fucking e uh freely uh poetic form and then try and write a soul summoning poem try and write both i think they're actually not mutually exclusive right yeah i think you could do both like the soul summoning format isn't like super strict but i just was modeling it off of like some family famous examples from old chinese poets that are long long dead and then once once you've poemed enough when your limit break bar is full then you can stitch a poem yeah. that feeds into <laughs> itself multiple times and tells several permutations of story. Someone mm-hmm. fucking, okay. So uh, actually, no, I can't go into this yet because I'll just talk for the next 30 minutes. Chad, what what have you got for us? I think we've covered this poem. Yeah, the poetry thing well. is, is, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> well, so like first things first, I'm going to go out and I'm going to try, uh, one day I'm going to try to finish Henry's poem. Mm-hmm. Because I think it would serve better if somebody could like see everything that Henry wrote instead of just constantly seeing everybody go, "Wow, he's a good poet." Right? <laughs> um, and and but it's also interesting because one of the things that just drives me absolutely bananas is people are and this this is related to what I'm about to go and is go. I got into poetry because it's fast and easy, and because there's right? no rules. Yeah, yeah. Uh, novels take like ninety thousand words, but this is like. 15 words and i can do a lot of those in a day and it's like (laughs) dog like if you are fucking doing that shit 20 at a time i bet your poems suck yeah and and i would like to mention that like most of us who are poets like except for the bianca stones of the world who are famous and able to you know run their grandmother's like trust and and podcast and are incredible poets themselves i'm not going to like this bianca stone she's amazing please Um, come on the podcast bianca stone please 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 (laughs) like your podcast is so much more popular than ours (laughs) was there one poet that i want on the podcast but for entirely different reasons uh are talking about china me (laughs) (laughs) no no because no completely different reasons the the instagram poet that i was introduced rupee rupee you want to we're talking about rupee yeah Yeah. rupee come aboard (laughs) i I want this rupee aboard as much as link wants a rupee (laughs) (laughs) okay 
So, you got your thesis cooking? Uh, my basic, at its basic core, my thesis is stop crawling your ass over to something that you perceive to be a soft science so that you can masquerade as an expert in, mm-hmm. in something where, like, it's people on the internet want to be experts on something because they want the veneration and the respect of being an expert. But like physics has rules and they don't have time to learn all the rules of physics. Mm-hmm. This is this is part of the reason you get those people that are like, so I'm like an INJP or whatever permutation configuration of fucking Briars, Migs, br- fucking yeah. whatever. Yeah. Myers Briggs personality index. Oh, people, I hate that. Yeah. People who are apparently like, too smart to realize they're being conned to pay somebody to certify how smart they are. Yeah, right? yo, yeah, like, okay, fucking mercury in fucking lemonade is more real than those fucking things, right? <laughs> like, because at least Uranus is real, right? Like, there is a Neptune out there that we can like look at, and it's fucking big. It's so much bigger than all of us. So, in our little ape brains, we're like, wow, that's really big and bright, and it's moving across this big sky orb. I think it has a th- impact on us, and I'd be like, yeah, you know what? Maybe we're you're right about that this shit is like made up by like the fucking last victorian phrenologist who happened to be living in like 1950 right yeah, but like, it's also like it's also just being like hard pressed by victor lustig who's like i got a lot of certifications here for you guys like mm-hmm. it, it, that is the shit that that victor lustig keeps on hand for when he's at a dodger game and can't afford a dodger dog like right? uh, <laughs> this morning before mj completed her poetry quest i was like uh, after uh, you were like, oh no, our poetry is actually not shit today. This is terrible, <laughs> right? I was like, here, let me find you. Okay, and go. And I literally searched in our MBTI for writing and poetry and came up with like the eight most dog shit posts you have ever seen in your life, right? Like, <laughs> right. So, oh yeah. So you stumble on a, a, you stumble on those people out in the wild who it no one will say any fucking thing at all and they'll just leave a comment being like so i guess it's just so typically me that here i am at three in the morning reading uh going down rabbit holes on wikipedia of nuclear physics and quantum mechanics and it's like you picked Such those a fucking infp yeah. thing yeah, yeah like and it's like okay no the people who actually know what those are don't read the wikipedia <laughs> they don't read the wikipedia articles and they don't care they go oh it's six and they go home and they fuck women right? <laughs> <laughs> they can fuck men too right yeah, like, or men or, like whatever and right? these, and it's fine right they they get up and they go and they do things it, it's kind of like that they question they're a stay-at-home uh right. non-binary and be like yeah. how was work it was fucking staring at a computer it was fine <laughs> <laughs> God, well, and that simultaneously relates to, like, that question that we saw. How do I depict somebody with some flaws that was a slave and then a soldier and then a general, right? (laughs) Which, like, added – so, first of all, it's like just – if you want the joy from that, just go fucking watch Gladiator again. Yeah, like (laughs) – It's a pretty good movie, right? Russell yeah. Crowe's in it. You could also watch him in fucking Le Miserable or Master of Commander. All good movies, yeah. right? Stabs <laughs> the shit out of a tiger. Beats the shit out of Sven, who's still recovering from mm-hmm. uh, getting slapped in Conan the Barbarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a fun fact about Conan the Barbarian, by the way, that actually relates to uh, <clears throat> Tommy, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Do you remember the game Golden Axe for arcade and then later yes. Sega Genesis? One of the death noises in that is Sven from Conan the Barbarian slash Gladiator. 
<laughs> but it's Sven when he gets impaled by a spike in Conan the Barbarian, and somebody just held a microphone up to the screen during that moment of Conan the Barbarian. You can Incredible. hear the crappy crackling and everything as he goes, oh, and then dies. <laughs> it's amazing. But uh, it's such a failed understanding of what these things do. And the way this is related to these quantum mechanics, people's like, so what does he do when he's not leading troops? He probably sits around and thinks about tactics. Oh, man, he goes, uh, he goes and finds the hole of his choosing and he puts it in there. Right. Like that's what he is. He doesn't sit around all day going. So what is a general? Do you know what Napoleon was doing when he wasn't losing in Russia or winning at Austerlitz? He was fucking Josephine. Yeah. Making <laughs> princelings. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, he was bragging about fucking Josephine. I was just thinking about like the the, the stay at camp NB for the general. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Like, dog, it's not that complicated, right? Like, they're not, like, looking up the Wikipedia for, like, like uh, Scythian cavalry charges or whatever, right? Like, well, there's, they just... they're also, like, the, the Myers-Briggs and stuff are super manipulatable. Like, if you want an outcome and you can – and I'm not a big test taker. I fucking hate taking tests. I hated grading tests when I was in academia. Like, tests suck. Um, but multiple choice tests like the Myers-Briggs, you can just skew it however you want if you go into it wanting a certain result. Oh, absolutely. And um, this is, uh, I feel like I'm about to launch into my column at any time at this point, because we're all dangerously on the precipice of the thesis that I have. Uh, but no, you're absolutely right, Chad, that people pick a field that they can Wikipedia. And then when they get pushback on it, they say, well, it depends. Your experience was different than mine. Right? Yeah, and and they, I, this, this happens, uh, a friend of mine gets really pissed uh at the term history is written by the victors because mm -hmm. because she's like a couple thousand dollars in a year of studying away from a phd and you get some person who played expeditions rome that's like now let me explain to you how rome worked <laughs> uh no that's not how rome worked well history is subjective no it isn't what the fuck are you talking about well right? the thing is like the it can reconcile a bunch of truths all at once, right? Because a lot of the debate in history is like what was of significance, right? So like what events led to a specific outcome or what right. things had an impact? Right, but they never pull that shit. Yeah, they're not making a case and that the, the it's subjective thing comes out when they don't want to defend a thesis, right? right? And this is something that I will do, right? That when you will say some shit to me, I will be like, uh, I agree with this at this point, this point, and this point, and I disagree with all these terms because these things, right? Like, mm -hmm. or I'm being like, hmm, I think you've apprehended something, and I think it's supported by this and this and this, but I would disagree with this form of language. I'd never say like, hmm, it's six of one and half a dozen of the other. We can't yeah. really – who can truly say as to the outcome there? Right? For, for a look behind the scenes too, it's great because Sean will have like this big stack of academic explanations for why he agrees or disagrees and on any point that like he disagrees on i just mick foley him with a chair <laughs> <laughs> and then you find that perfect spot that makes him yeah. able to write a memoir perfectly see yeah. we don't believe in phrenology but like terry pratchett we believe in reverse phrenology there's a place in somebody's head you can hit them to make the the, the creativity happen yeah. well i mean they, it's also funny because if there is a literary truth and i bring the book up all the fucking time it's like i slide the more i read about like the subjectivity of writing principles and shit like that the more i start talking about how war is god <laughs> uh, 
like sooner or later, there's going to be somebody out there talking about like, okay, somebody making like a declarative imperative statement about the Bechdel test. They're going to go, what the hell is that? And they're going to look up and I'm going to be out there naked to stride a horse with a parasol with a gibbering idiot tied to my horse. And they're going to be like, oh no. <laughs> like that's just gonna happen so like uh brokeback mountain does not pass the bechdel test right but crash does and i think we all agree at this point that crash kind of fucking sucks right like well uh, i can't abide by any film that whose name is a spoiler <laughs> why didn't you just call it why didn't you just call it the frodo succeeds trilogy <laughs> Oh, and uh, if you need a better like story than like Frodo Sam friendship, please fucking go watch RRR, the Bollywood movie. It's yeah, so it reconfigures your brain when you watch it. You it's just a religious like, experience. Like you will be changed afterwards. Yeah, you will make war on colonial Britain, like in your heart, if nowhere else. Right. Yeah. So in that way, it is the most Irish movie ever made. <laughs> they understand. Yeah, it's about British people stealing children and like charging too much taxes. And you're like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, I conclusively agree, Chad. And I think that um, people don't want to defend their thesis because they don't really have a thesis. They want to be able to have a kind of profundity to their statements that they can make these like, well, it's more, a little bit more nuanced than that, but without saying like, it's more nuanced than that because I don't believe in like Saeed's construction of dialectical East, right? Like- yeah, it's fucking, it, it's terrifying because what it fundamentally comes down to is that writing communities without a W are fundamentally digital Starbucks with everybody with their Apple laptop or with their Macs mm-hmm. out. They all and- want to be seen in their berets and their turtlenecks. Absolutely. <laughs> and let me so put my hat in the in the ring in a way that might get me in trouble a little bit. So like disability advocacy on Twitter, right? <laughs> disability advocacy is recently like going really hard after people who are like this is a not good faith attempt for disability advocacy. This is a personal abdication of responsibility as a community member, right? That you're saying that I am disabled so I have to get my Starbucks treats. And it's like you need to understand that disability is more than just your personal existence, right? That you exist as a mesh in other places. And so when people say like, oh, well, disability advocates have a lot of a lot of different views. And it's like, okay, well, then how is it disability advocacy to advocate that some people should be disabled by working under these conditions, right? Like, <laughs> and this is uncomplicated. And yet you see people getting fucking like late stage Twitter canceled over it and like fucking soup and chili discourse. Fuck Oh God, that. the chili discourse. Yeah. I, 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 so part of where this relates to uh, to me is I just had a conversation on our discord today with somebody who asked like, what are the themes and motifs of my writing? Uh, one of them is to brutally abuse the word atop. It's like, that is my new favorite word. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I will oftentimes write atop. Yeah. Um, but if when composing the list of words you frequently use, uh, it's hard to get above a top. <laughs> uh, we all, all are looking for a top. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's why I lug my uh, Star Wars trunk around. Um, <laughs> so, so like one of my biggest themes is that I like, I guess you could almost call it 
a weird intersectionalism where I like to see how a series of traits intersect to create a complex person that turns out a way. And that way could be bad. That way could be good, but it causes them to turn out a way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I hate using voice of God to indict or, or support something. I hate it. I hate it. Even though it's really hard. It's really hard to not support Barnabas. Let me tell you. Um, (laughs) uh, like it's no excuse for missing work get back up (laughs) (laughs) you didn't punch out before death um Mm -hmm. uh i i don't even want to do it with gibbs right the the story will make gibbs what he is and you'll respond how you like i hate talking down to the audience about what they should do or what they shouldn't do because i love that intersection of where experiences and traits cause somebody to become something whether Mm -hmm. it's good or bad isn't relevant because we don't exist on a good bad matrix as ordained by saint gygax Mm -hmm. right we we exist in a shared space and and i like applying the 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 concepts of of uh i guess you could call it chaos theory but the concept that we are all beads in a complex system and things that we aren't doing still have effects on us and things we do have effects on things that we'll never see mm-hmm. and i love i love watching all of that play out so so uh when it comes to like disability stuff i'm i'm never going to advocate like in defense of for against anything when it comes to like a disabled thing uh uh anything involving disabilities i'm not going to do it with with women people of color white people Anybody, none of it's going to happen. I'm going to approach this in the complex system that I enjoy fulfill. Uh, I I enjoy watching play, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and the aggregate of forces and acting on someone. Yeah, right? exactly, exactly. So, so I, <laughs> I'm certainly you're never going to see me going. So, what made the monster? And it's like I don't know. He just is a monster. Hmm. Uh, and there are too many factors to necessarily know why he's a monster, but here's how he rationalizes his monstrosity, or more horrifyingly, here's how he knows he's a monster, and mm-hmm. he doesn't care. Um, and there, there are two principal things that kick this off, just to be totally fair. We mentioned the Bechdel test earlier. I, had, I, I saw this nightmare scenario where somebody was all like, my story's main cast has only one female in it. Would this be a problem? Asks Donnie. Um, and this person goes on this thing about like, well, here are the frustrating applications of the Bechdel test. And it's like, well, there are no frustrating applications of the Bechdel test. It's literally all it is, is a tool for, for uh, assessing an aggregate of works. It doesn't have any value in the micro, only the macro. Mm-hmm. It's descriptive. Uh, it's not meant to be proscriptive. It is describing yeah. a phenomenon that's already in existence rather than telling you how to approach um, things that happen in the future. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's not saying if, you, if you're if you writing Saw, go, well, when did the two female characters talk to each other? Like, well, that's not what Saw is about, <laughs> right? Um, you're going to have to cut off your leg faster. It just succeeded. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. And and somebody somebody walks in with this confluence of words. I guess they just got done reading a Wikipedia article on quantum mechanics where they're like, well, that's subjective, but your experience allows you to develop a hypothesis or theorize to prove correct. And 
What are you trying to say? Kill it. It's developing language. (laughs) (laughs) We've been attacked by a Chinese room, right? Like it's impossible to tell if a human mind was behind (laughs) these words. Yeah. Or or if literally a frog just landed on the keyboard and auto-corrected the rest. Auto-filled it. It's (laughs) literally my fucking possessed iPad keyboard that just like double types everything. And I'm like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And this isn't subjective. This isn't subjective. And if you don't realize that there are objective metrics, qualities, rules, and whatnot, not, then you're going to be a carpenter on deer with Eamon. Uh, <laughs> poor guy. Yeah. Uh, and then the second thing is, is there's this person that I keep encountering that I wish would just lose their keyboard forever, who just completely unsolicited is all like, I don't understand why people act like where being a werewolf is a curse. You get to be a dog. I, <laughs> right. And, and when it was pointed out to this person, it's like, that's like the role that it's always filled is that this is, this is a curse. That's that's its literary tradition. Uh, so why are you acting so surprised? And they're like, um, actually, excuse me, lots of cultures. Uh, it's a rich myth that exists in lots of cultures. And yes, you're, as you're a never, curse. Yeah. <laughs> so a as a curse, yes. Like across from sea to shining sea to small pond to great ocean, everybody has said, yeah, being turned into a wolf fucking sucks. Yeah, uh, it contaminated, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, and and it's it's that obsession with possessing what they perceive to be hidden knowledge without citing their sources. Mm-hmm. But they they just love to be confrontational and hide behind that. Oh well, you haven't done the research. Okay, cite your fucking sources. Let's do it right now. Give no, me then one, walk. one positive example of someone turning into a wolf in historical mythic form. Right, and plus, the example no- is Twilight. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a heroic example either, right? Like that whole one is about like the bad boyism of from the world, everything I've learned about Twilight. The only heroes in that were the three vampire police that look yeah. down arrogantly from a uh, uh, one of which was, if I'm not mistaken, the prime minister of England. <laughs> they're, they're like the fucking. They're your boys. They're the Watchers, right? The Caramari uh, yeah. or whatever, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. So. Really quickly, I want to just go through some werewolf shit because obviously, like uh, West African, um, uh, sorry, East African tradition of like the the Boda, the hyena witch, right? Like explicitly evil, explicitly the bearer of the evil eye, bringer of malaria, right? Uh, indigenous American skinwalkers, right? Like the literal manifestation of evil, the most evil thing you could possibly be. Every form of uh, lycanthropy from like Eastern European to final Western European, English and uh, uh, indigenous to Greenland peoples, right? Like the thing that, the reason why wolves are bad, okay, is because they're the ones that dig up graves. They're the ones that you bury people six feet deep for right because wherever there's a canid they fucking dig super good and they love scavenging so when you have your fucking family's bones exhumed and devoured the ultimate fucking taboo right the last one right like stronger in like every culture than like incest and like infanticide uh, it's the wolf that's doing it. And so the one that's become associated with the wolf is the the corpse eater, right? Like the the most shunned thing, 
Yeah, and this is tangentially related to like the vampires and the bells that they used to put up because there's also like a big fear of like being buried alive for a while there. Um, oh, absolutely. And the vampire is another kind of corpse eater, right? Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. They're, they're very connected with our, our, our fears about our body after death. Which I mm-hmm. should also point out, none of this is an indictment of putting your own relatively benign twist on any of this. But oh, don't sure, howdily no. declare that like, wow, I can't believe you've given in to the literary zeitgeist. Uh-huh. I mean, like, or the, there is or a the huge... converse, right? Where it's like, oh, these are hashtag real vampires, unlike yeah. like Twilight vampires. Like, bro, it's like fucking two hundred different myths all just jam packed <laughs> together, right? Like, and there's a ton of wolf porn, and like you can say that like you love the the good wolf and the wolf porn or whatever, but that's not going to supplant quite yet. I mean, <clears throat> there's a huge selling market for it that does sell a lot of copies. There's a lot of bestseller like wolf porn out there, but it's not going to supplant like thousands of years of literature and myth and legend that say no maybe fucking the wolves is bad yeah, stay actually. away from the corpse eater that's the yeah the, that you don't want them to fuck you kill you and then eat your corpse and then sleep with your corpse and uh, no no just don't yeah the whole bad thing yeah mm-hmm. uh and the weird thing is that like the people who subvert this theory like you get it right like angela carter's the bloody chamber and others she makes no effort to not make the 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 wolves a thing of disgust and horror right her her new take on it is like interpreting, interpolating control over the thing of disgust and horror and like rearranging the hierarchies of their dominance over themselves, right? I have to give a certain amount of respect to Charlene Harris-Scholes, though, for Mm -hmm. just fucking Kool-Aid manning through and go, no, they're bikers. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you want to examine the formation of the mist? Nope, big hairy bikers. Harleys go vroom vroom. (laughs) So speaking of, I think it's time for me to fucking go through this because I spent my time on r slash world building. Now, if you go to top all time of our world building, you will only see pictures. I counted up to 50 and then I stopped counting, uh, but I would estimate it was just at least 100 posts before I got to a text post. And I was like, <laughs> okay, it's pictures. This is weird because when I think of world building, I don't really think of the visual, right? Like that's a uh, design, right? That's not necessarily world building, right? Like, and it is an important characteristic, but it's not like the the narrative structure of your world, right? And then I go to controversial, and almost every single one is just a very, very bad piece of art. Uh, so people are like uh, just clicking it up because it's art and clicking it down because it's art. Or a million questions of, is it okay if I have like gender bad in this book? Like, I want to have like women be rapists and men be rape victims. Is this cool? And it's like, no dog and yet everyone's like this is good conversation to be having and i'm like fuck this is like the fucking star trek planet where like (laughs) especially since if you go and you look at uh any of brandon sanderson's lectures uh that are all posted on youtube he like very aggressively goes none of your ideas matter until you write yeah (laughs) all the time is this a good idea? I don't fucking know. Write it and if you're good it's a great idea yes and then he goes on about the fucking roman pokemon series Mm mm-hmm uh the Furious the Calderon or whatever, right? Uh and the fucking thing about world building is I didn't understand it because I didn't understand who follows it. Cause it's a million of these like, I just started a new world, AMA, with no responses, or one person being like, Good luck. And there's <laughs> so many of them. And I'm like, even in our writing, the dumbest fucking question, like the one about like how do I manage the pain of memoirs, gets like seven or eight responses. I don't know how this is like people are continuing to contribute art to this when they are, you know, professional artists or how that they can 
do these like very complete design documents uh, and occasional repost the same fucking like five depictions of geology. And then I was talking about the works of Stafford Beer yesterday. And Stafford Beer came is uh, the founder of the field of management cybernetics or organizational cybernetics. And it's very complicated to describe. One of the facts that he posits is that things seek minimum uh, variety, that they seek to have as few options for people as possible, uh, and that increasing amounts of variety are organizationally difficult and the mods will reduce it so that they can be more efficient and seek that efficiency. And possawid, which is the purpose of a system is what the system does. This all came down to rule six in world building because unlike all these other fucking writing with an R servers, no W at all, rule six is bizarre because rule six is we allow advertising, but it shouldn't disrupt the community. Mm. And holy fuck, the doors opened up because I clicked every high quality post I saw after that. And they were all connected to sales pitches for software, for discount books on Mm. these formulas of world building and like magic system design documents and like web rings of asset packs that you could buy. Because if you look through these, it says... Having a previous relationship with our world building is not necessary, but ads should be able to demonstrate some relevance and usefulness to the community. It's always okay to monetize your own world building using a Patreon link or something similar. Even selling merchandise is okay. I'm like, oh, this is an advertising community. Literally, the whole thing of like the good looking fantasy maps is just to advertise the mapping software. That makes a lot of fucking sense, which is also, it's so frustrating because like mapping, it's such a niche, right? It's such a niche. It's not that hard a software to make, but there's Mm -hmm. not a huge shitload of people that need it, but the people Mm -hmm. who need it really need it. Mm-hmm. or really want it and we'll be like here's my 80 dollars yeah it's like you'll see people paying more for these mapping programs than fucking scrivener right you know and i'm much, like do you know how much i paid for my best map making software uh i have no idea 27 dollars. do you know what the map making software was no it was a slide of a tissue sample from work when i used to work in uh medical devices and the company bought the rights to the slide for like seven cents, um, <laughs> but they they would only release it for like twenty to thirty dollars, and I got a discount because I worked there. But the reason I bought it is because when you tilt the skin tissue on the side, it is actually the perfect depiction of a continent with erosion and and mountains and plains and everything. And I went, that's it. That random configuration of skin is a the greatest depiction of a map I've ever seen in my entire life. And it will mm-hmm. never appear again because of the random cosmos. Yeah. Second, second, it is pretty fucking cool that I got to like Necronomicon this, mm-hmm. this map. Yeah. Actually, this is actually a dude's skin that everybody dwells on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, of also, course, he, I was, ha- he was negative for skin cancer, by the way. Oh, okay. very good for him. Uh, at least he was at that point, right? Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> uh, Many years since then, right? So, but it would behoove me to give you guys what you want. A to the people question from r slash world building. And I found the best one. Dumb question. 
Thank you. Please. Thank you, people of Reddit. Please just always tag your questions. That makes it way (laughs) more easy for us. How strong should a lion be? (laughs) Yes, it should be yes strong. (laughs) Can two prime ancestral men take down one prime lion with just spear made of stone tip? (laughs) And also, does Bruno Mars is gay? Does Bruno Mars is gay? (laughs) The rumor has come out. Maybe lion strong, maybe lion weak. You'll never know. Unless you watch RRR, then you'll know exactly how strong. Uh... So I think this has been an episode. Mm-hmm. As we've mentioned, we got some of these from the Discord. And if you'd like to get a shout out on the Discord as well, uh, you can go join up. We will have uh, notes for writing. Uh, we will have places for you to submit your work to, often paying fields for submission, often no fee f- uh, fields for submission, as well as work writer job opportunities that come up across all the darkest parts of the internet you know the the linkedin so you won't have to hear about the ceos saying like and then i rose and ground for four hours (laughs) you'll find me drunk you'll find me sober you'll find me helping people you'll find me grabbing somebody by the hair and going i bet you need help (laughs) (laughs) yep uh you'll find him atop things Uh, things and amongst oftentimes uh with fair apologies to uh alice Uh, (laughs) but yes the discord is the place to be especially in the waning days of twitter and the incredibly confusing days of mastodon which we also have just created oh god Uh, you know what i'm so morally opposed to that because mastodon's had their shot okay and they (laughs) they take off their coats okay uh the last thing I want to check out with is I went to go browse r slash world building, and there actually is a good post in the top of all time, but I really like it. And I want people to walk away with this knowledge. This is a post by, this isn't by Donnie because it's a good post. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's by King Jester from Tumblr a year ago. It goes, world building naming in towns. I named this town Eglawe apostrophe meth, which means where the dearly beloved king died next to his lover in the language I invented and also a combination of the old English word for diamonds and the Maori word for apples since that's their main exports. People in real life naming towns. I named this town Big Falls because the fall over there is pretty big. (laughs) (laughs) Same as the other two towns nearby, right? Yeah, kind of like what's often pointed out by a very dear friend of mine is the fact that in uh, Warhammer Fantasy, the capital of the human empire is called Altdorf, which just means old town. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, and on that note, I think that has been an episode. So we hope that you do not go post on Reddit. Please don't go post on Reddit unless you're talking about us. Then post about us all the time. Oh, but we hope yeah. you have a wonderful rest of your day. <laughs>